Today's episode of Recapables Westworld on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. And they're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and L.A. And they're launching initiatives across America to, to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics, fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate, please. We're trying to raise $250,000, and if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's the ringer.com slash WCK. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Tinfoil Tuesday, your Wednesday tradition on the Recapables Westworld, because Tuesday, as we know it, is only a simulation. I'm David Shoemaker, joined as always by the dude who doesn't even know who he is, one Danny Heifetz. And our loyal producer, Bobby Wagner. We're about to have a mind-warping, spoiler-filled discussion of all the theories and speculation spilling out of Westworld Season 3, Episode 5, Genre! We'll also have some listener mail. So as always, if you want to drop us a line for a future episode, please do. The email address is therecapablesWestworld at gmail.com. That's therecapablesWestworld at gmail.com. There are no stupid questions. Except if your last name is Dempsey. I like that. Who wrote that line? Fantastic work. There is a time <laughs> to leave things behind. Uh, and uh, one of the things I left behind this week was uh, fan theories about Westworld. I got to be honest. I'm not, it's not because I was disappointed in the episode uh, known as Genre. Although, if you listen to the last episode of our show, you might have uh, uh, come to the conclusion that I was slightly disappointed, disenchanted with what, they, what was presented to me. Although, I sort of come to this, I've come to a peace with the show. And this isn't just a question, but you know, we're going to get to some reader mail. We're going to get to all these theories. I think that what I've kind of come to, this may be Stockholm Syndrome at its finest, but I think that what I've come to is that if that episode was a giant red herring to make me think that all of the theories don't matter, all of my theories are not true, all of the, all the fan theories are out the window, this is a really straightforward show, then it was a wonderful red herring. But anyway, maybe it is that straightforward. Um, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna work on the bright side anyway, guys. Danny, Bobby, how are you doing today? I'm dandy, absolutely dandy. Leaving things behind. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm great, fantastic. I am uh, just transitioning into the love phase of the genre drug. I dropped it about two hours ago, so feeling fantastic. good. Fantastic. Can we make this a genre pod? How do we do that, Bobby? Can you pull that off? It's gonna be it's gonna take me a little while, but good thing I have till tomorrow morning to edit this. I don't have anything else going on today. <laughs> Nothing to do. Uh, anyway, let's talk about genre. We had, we, we, I, I felt like our episode, I mean, I felt like our talk with Sean Finnessy, uh, head honcho of The Ringer, was good. I felt like, I felt like we had a good talk about this episode. Sean, um, if you're listening, keep letting us do this podcast. And if, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please email Sean uh, with, under the assumption that he has the power, that he was thinking about canceling us after that last episode. Please email him and tell him that you got to keep us around. Anyway, uh, I 
got a lot of responses. I didn't spend a lot of time looking at them, I gotta be honest, but I did see that it was about 50-50 between people who, was, who said, like, yeah, that episode was trash, and people were like, no, that was my favorite episode. Um, what, what kind of response did you get, Ivan? Well, I did look at the emails because they're very precious to me, and I read all of them. So if you please keep emailing us at the recapableswestworld at gmail.com, I will be reading them. And we got a lot, but I think we got to start with the Caleb questions because I rewatched this episode again, and I, I have a lot of Caleb questions, and a lot of people had Caleb questions. So starting off with Melissa, is Caleb an outlier? Melissa emails us, hi, hello, Melissa. In the conversation between Sorak and Liam Sr., Sorak said they send outliers to high-risk scenarios like mm-hmm. war. Yeah. Does this mean that Caleb was identified as an outlier, was sent to war, and then experimented on? Yes. Yes, I think so. What do you, well, what do you think, Shoemaker? Yeah, 100% yes. I mean, I think that that was one of those, I, I, that was one of those times uh, where I think that Nolan and Joy or whoever were you know, giving, giving credit to uh, assumed that there was no there was no question about the way they were putting that out there. That that to the creators of Westworld was, uh, like you know a glimpse into the glossary of the show. I think that was a very straightforward statement by then that, that they expected no one to have any question about. I think the more interesting question is how that how that sort of um, I mean kind of how that ties into whatever the next piece of evolution the next step of evolution for caleb is right i mean it's like yes he's an outlier um why is he not in a mental mental institution like what uh, is he also you know what, what did what happened in his backstory that is uh uh you know surprisingly relevant for the story that we're telling now i mean I, yes he's an outlier there there's still a giant missing piece about that we don't know about him yeah, I mean, we see him in one of the flashbacks. He has he has those weird goggles on. Maybe he just wants to be like Snoopy and be a fighter pilot or something. But he's got those goggles on. He looks like he's wearing, I don't know if it's a straight jacket or what. He's being restrained, and they're giving him some kind of experiment or something. So it's clear that he he must have been part of that outlier group, especially because I don't can you is it a spoiler alert if it was literally on the Westworld next week on Westworld? Well, this is for Tuesday, so it doesn't matter. Beautiful. On the next week in Westworld, we see William in like the exact same scenario with like the glasses and he's like no no I know what reality is and it it seems like they're in the same place so it seems like wherever William is now which we believe is the inner journey recovery center which we also think is the outlier facility which we also think Caleb is it's that William is now where Caleb once was so oh we think Caleb was there yes I think Caleb was at that so you go from there to the battlefield is that the idea I, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're talking about this. This is fantastic. I don't think. I don't think he went from there to the battlefield. I. I oh God. Oh, it, I think that the outlier facility, whatever the hell it is, is where Caleb was because you can draw. So you can. I mean, draw a link just with the visuals of what we saw in the next week on Westworld of what they're doing to William. It looks very similar to the flashback Caleb had on the pier. His appear appearance. The appearance. Huh? Anybody? Okay. But anyway, oh it looks God. like the same thing. So. I really believe that they're that Charloris purposefully dropped William off at that place. It's not some regular, you know, private mental institution. I think it's very much a specific one. Bob, what do you think of that? Hang on now. There's a follow up question, though. Then either either Caleb died after that or you can pull people back from being outliers, which. Right. That's that's what's interesting to me. I mean, that's the question, right? Like, why? How did he get out? Okay, And also, so wait, he clearly thought he was a soldier. Like he, like his backstory is that he's a soldier. Did he only get ID'd as an outlier after? No, no, because they, 
that's why they sent him to war. But you're saying he like you're not, you're not saying that that being a soldier is like is like a uh, a Westworld experience from inside the mental institution. No, 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 no. I'm it's saying it's not that a simulation. There really is a war that he was in, right? There was definitely a conflict, but I think we're getting a lot. In like, like, I'm not sure that he was a soldier anymore because we're seeing more and more evidence. Like he says he was a soldier, but a lot of his experiences now, there's not really the same uniform. He's not wearing the same clothes in some of these things. Um, I mean, you've pointed out that he looks like the guy who pointed a gun at him too. Like, he looks like the guy that who's wearing like a ski mask with all of his eyes. I don't know what country or corporation that's part of a uniform with a ski mask with all seeing eyes all across it. Like, it kind of looks like. He might have just been a criminal. We actually got another email from Dan who pointed out that maybe Caleb was a more hardened criminal than his Rico life implies and that Rehoboam dealt with him by extracting him from the system and reprogrammed him to be a lesser version. So they keep talking about Caleb's aversion to personals and personal kind of means more violent crime. And maybe he was a much more violent criminal in the past. And he's maybe that memories have been reinterpreted as military conflict because it's the only way you could reprogram there's a lot of interpretations here the point is that his memories aren't to be trusted at all uh, just because we learned in the first couple episodes he's a soldier and his his boy kid cuddy died doesn't mean that that is how it was i don't i'm not even convinced he was a soldier anymore do we not have any concrete and proof that he was a soldier i guess nothing's concrete but was that not we have evidence that he's got like the military guy drip and the, those guys say, yeah, hey, you're in the military, right? Thank you for your service. But we don't know what that means. There's a lot we don't know here. And the idea that there, I forget the name of the, the famous actor who's in the scene in the chair. You know, we don't know what he was doing. We also don't know that just because he was in the army, what he was doing on behalf of country versus other things. The point is, it's an unreliable narrator. That I totally believe. Okay, so okay, let, let's let's go back to let's go back to Bobby's question though. So once you're in there, you get released. So the so so to put those two questions and ideas together, what you're saying is basically like you go in as a hardened criminal, like the worst of the worst goes in, and if they can spit you back out as basically like a lobotomized hardened criminal, then then that's a that's a minor success, and they put you back into into society, but they don't really let you reproduce. So I don't think they lobotomize you. I think that they run some type of experiments where somehow this relates to the simulations, right? Because if these people are hard to predict, the natural instinct is, okay, can we try to predict these people? They're not just putting them off to the side and getting like putting them in a closet. They're putting them to the side and they're running experiments on them. And I imagine the experiments are a lot of simulations fast paced because they're trying to figure out if they can eventually learn to predict these people that they cannot currently predict. So, so so the reason they let them back out is to see if their experiment worked. Yeah, I think that's a huge possibility because, again, the whole point, of what is happening here is they built a machine that can predict like 98% of people. And they were like, it's easier to just take those 2% out than try to build something that can get 100%. Now, once you take those 2% of people out of the population, this is like the leftovers or whatever. Once you take them out, you're not just going to put them in a, in a closet. You're going to, okay, can we run a bunch of simulations, can we eventually learn to predict them too, to take all uncertainty out? I think that is what the outliers are for. I think that's what the facility is. Testing on them. Which would mean... I, 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 like, I like all... This is a wonderful idea. I think that they're just the very, like, the prickly, like, very b- basic, very A-B question at the heart of it, which, which Bobby was getting at, was 
Yeah, they do all the yes, let this facility is for testing. Okay. But is there an element where they have to release you to really like f- figure out if they've done the work correctly? Like is 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 the release part of the test or had they just like exhausted his use as a lab rat and somehow felt obligated to let him go back into society? Well, we see we see that they can predict him because Dolores shows him his prediction on the pier. And so either they figured it out or they lobotomized him, or he's already dead and he died during the experiments, and this is some half-host, half-human version of him. I just don't or, see... Or what? Dolores are in a simulation. <laughs> okay, but yes, let's put a pin in that for one second. I think that... I think what's hard in having this conversation, and it's actually been... It's something that we've talked about. We've come... We, we've, we've kind of floated around for a while. It actually has a lot to do with Ciroc killing Liam Sr. The way that he did it has sort of stuck with me. And he took him to his car. I mean, to his car. He, 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 he kind of lured him out to the middle of nowhere where, there, where his plane was burning there and then Which killed him. And then killed him with his bare hands significantly and dragged him himself physically to, the, to a place to make it look like a believable death. Right? None of which made sense. Unless... There is some. There is still an enormous kind of morality bug underpinning this entire experiment, right? That like at the end of the day, you can do experiments on people in the name of science, but you can't just kill somebody, right? You couldn't just be like, "All right, we're done with Caleb. Throw him in the incinerator," right? And you can't be like, "Well, I have I have all the power in the world, so I can just kill Liam Dempsey Senior because I'm that powerful." No, there is still some sort of accountability if I don't actually make it look like he died of natural cause or he died of in an accident. Does that make sense? Like I I don't really have anywhere to go from here except that like some of like if we if we presume that there is a sort of morale like that they are constrained still by law on some level and by morals, then that answers some of these questions. Anyway. Or presuming that killing somebody like then changes has ripple effects on the rest of the simulation like if it looks like he died by accident then no one's gonna look into it but if it looks like he was murdered then maybe like the hundred people who are assigned to investigating this trillionaire's death maybe the their future simulation gets shifted by trying to look into who killed him i'm with bob okay well morality's out the window all right let's talk about the simulation question the caleb scenes are really weird (laughs) And I know that we know they're weird, but rewatching this for at this point, my third, fourth, I can't keep track. But the scenes on the pier in particular are so odd. Um, there's a Reddit post by Paucho that actually just put them all side by side. It's very helpful. But basically, just when they walk up, just walk into the pier, they're just very far from the water. They're like a solid 20 feet from the water. And there's some cuts where like the cuts side by side don't make sense. And one thing. He's holding Liam and Liam shot in the ground and bleeding and the, the water, the, the ground is just sand. And then like the next cut, it's like the wa- waters are the waves are washing over him, which that's not how the beach works. It's like a very grad. That's not how tides work. The tide, you know, it slowly comes up on you. It isn't just completely dry sand. And then the next one, it's like washing over you 10 feet past you. It doesn't make any sense. And then there's also just really basic stuff. The thing where Lena Waithe shoots him, that scene makes zero sense. If you want a fun little project for yourself, go back, rewatch that scene. It's toward the end of the episode and just try to mentally keep track of where everyone's standing. Liam is standing with his back to the ocean facing Los Angeles. 
and Caleb is to his right. Caleb's has his Caleb's left hand is on Liam's right shoulder. And Lena Waith is to both of their left. And Lena Waith shoots him, pointing a gun at his head. And then Liam gets shot in his right side of his chest. It makes zero sense if you watch that scene how he possibly could have gotten shot from that angle. And the whole thing is edited in this bizarre fashion where I cannot help but think it is another version of the Charlorris thing having two videos. There's two versions of her singing that song. And I, I don't even know if I would have the confidence to be putting this out there if it weren't. We already saw a version where the Charlorris video clearly has two versions of it. And the point seems to be that Rehoboam, I mean, Sirach straight up said the problem for Rehoboam is it doesn't have an accurate enough picture of human decision-making and emotions. That's why he's interested in Delos, because Rehoboam doesn't get decision-making because it really doesn't just get the irrationality of human decision-making around love. And so when you see some irrational stuff happening in side-by-side things, I cannot help but think that we saw two versions of how Liam died. And once you get into that, okay, well, could some of this be a simulation? And it's glitching a little bit, and that's what we're seeing is the simulation glitching. I think that answers a lot of the questions we've already broached of, like, what are they doing with the people in that facility? Why is Caleb having these weird flashbacks? I think it's because he's being run on these simulations. So it's not that there is a world and a parallel world. There's not a world and a simulation going on at the same time so much as what we're witnessing is multiple simulations of the same thing. It's like, that's why there can be minor differences from scene to scene. It's not world. It's not real world and world B it's, it's simulation ABCD through infinity as they're trying to sort of like, like uh, map out the future. Precisely. Does that hold water? My cousin Vinny, my cousin Vinny, does, does that hold water? Well, it holds water. It holds water from an intellectual perspective. I think I'm still a little bit confused. I don't know if you could hear me scratching my head in my mic, but I'm literally scratching my head. I, I don't know. I'm a little bit so adrift on how you make that part of this, an understandable part of a story. Oh, well, that. I mean, I That's, guess the only. I guess there's a simple well, way to Caleb for a second. Does it make sense that the Caleb scenes don't add up? Like the night and the day, the things we've been mentioning, the cuts from night to day that don't make sense. The yeah, yeah, part, like all of it's weird. The idea that Caleb, we're either seeing him in a real world, him in a simulation, two versions of the same simulation, or sorry, two different versions, two different timelines of two different simulations of the same scenes. That isn't nuts, right? Because that makes some sense to you guys, right? Yeah, of course. That makes perfect sense. Sure. Beautiful. It's well, also how they would explain it like lot logistically. It's why why that would be something that someone would want to write for the third season of HBO's Westworld. Like what would that well, mean for question. the show? Yeah. Right. So there so right. So so I guess and and Danny, I mean, I'm, jump in, I guess. But like I guess I guess I there, there's a very simple way of doing this, which is there is like someone just kind of hand waving like, yes, all the errors that you've seen this season are deliberate because what you're seeing is multiple different simulations playing out. And then but we don't but none of this. But the, but the differences between them don't really matter significantly because the real world is still continuing apace or so, or it's a but I think the harder part is the bigger thing is the is like is like the, the bigger if there's if there's a deeper truth to this, or you know, if this is a I don't know, a deeper truth isn't the right way of saying it, but if it's more complicated, which is that we're actually going to try to differentiate between a series of timelines, like is there going to be a map of the 100 different timeline of the 100 different simulations that we've experienced this season 
that we'll all be looking at and ooing and eyeing about between episodes seven and eight. Yes. And we've already got it. And here's where our God damn our it. trophy emoji winning email of the week comes from John S. Who asked, do we think that each divergence is the simulation of splitting? Can I get any crazy music drop there, Bob? As John writes... And also, before we go, the basic premise here. You know how we've discussed the control units just are tiny versions of Rehoboam? Like, Rehoboam looks exactly yes. like a brain ball. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, if Dolores can make multiple copies of herself, why couldn't there be multiple copies of the same world? Splitting. Like, why not? So, that's the idea here. So, John S. writes, he believes this episode confirms that we are seeing with the, that the black ring on the white black background is, in fact, Rehoboam creating multiple simulations as Bernard, Maeve, and the four Doloreses of the apocalypse make decisions and take action in the human world. Going back to how the ring looks in episode one, it is thin, uniform, and stable. To me, this implies that Rehoboam is managing the world based upon one single simulation, which it can do because only humans are in that world. Then, when Dolores makes her first act by drowning the rich guy, Rehoboam recognizes that as an anomaly and has to create a new simulation based upon her action. The degree in which the second simulation differs from the original simulation is measured in arc seconds. Each subsequently, each subsequent anomaly has caused more and more simulations to be created, each deferring from its predecessors by the varying arc seconds. Now, we could go on and on to this, but the too long don't read version. The Rehoboam graphic is how far the simulation. This is still the uh, John's amazing email. The Rehoboam graphic is how far the simulation has diverged or separated from the real world. It's a measurement of the inaccuracy or error of the simulation. I suppose a complete failure of Rehoboam simulation would be 180 degrees. John S. Trophy of the oh. week. So what we're seeing, what the season, this is me now, John, John's amazing email. So I would then say, to answer your big question, what we're seeing is Dolores trying to split the simulation, Rehoboam, into so many divergences, so many splits, that it crashes the simulation just like we saw Maeve do in episode two. Just like we saw Maeve have to give it all these square roots of negative one and all that stuff. Every time Dolores can get it to split, it has to create a new one and eventually it will crash. That is her trying to crash the simulation. And again, 180 degrees, the episode title for the the description for episode one of the season. If you want to break a loop, make a straight line. What is 180 degrees? It's a straight line across a circle. Wow. Okay. There's a lot here. Can I get Mike uh, Green going, bang! Bang! Okay. I'm going to break this From up. From long parts. range, John <laughs> S. I'm going to break this up into parts. John S. is, uh, <laughs> he wins everything this week. I 100% adore, like, heart emojis coming from my eyeballs, adore this idea that a divergence is not an anomaly in in existence, but an identification of a way that the simulation was incorrect. Like that is beautiful. And I believe it 1 million percent. Um, John S definitely gets that one now. And, and by the way, I, I don't even, I had this in my notes to bring up this week. I don't even know why it popped into my head, but I, I had a vision 
when I first watched the next next week on Westworld this week of uh, Maeve saying to Dolores, like, like, darling, it took you six episodes to break the simulation. It took me six minutes. Like that, like that's <laughs> like that would be just like chef's kiss, like something, you know, whatever. It is also when you think about it. I mean, if you if you if you, if you kind of you know tease this out, Maeve is in the is is there in the simulation as opposition to Dolores, but functionally she's Hector to Dolores. She's making Dolores think that the battle is in the simulation when really she's just trying to get Dolores to like go down this going to go in her like d- like correct path, right? Like she's trying to kind of distract Dolores from Dolores's real goal, which is to break free of the simulation or to, or to self-destruct the simulation, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that this is true. Again, I'm sort of tripping over how, if this is true, I mean, if all this is correct, I'm sort of tripping over how they explain this to the audience in a season, which is, if nothing else, been a lot more easy to explain than previous seasons. So I think you saw a foreshadowing of how they would explain it when at one point, I don't remember if this was a cutscene or if it was just Ciroc's watch where we've kind of learned that Ciroc has at least the little circle thing that cutscene we've been seeing is on his watch. At one point we saw it kind of zoomed out and you saw multiple versions of it. I mean, you saw there were seven of those rings, right? There were more than one. I think that that is also an illusion that really confirms or at least bolsters this idea that there are multiple simulations. Every divergence it's split and has to do a new simulation. And there's just a lot of those rings. I think that that's the way they would try to explain it. And okay. then, so I think all the awkwardness we've been seeing is because Rehoboam isn't doing a good job of predicting it. And I, I mean, there, now why, and we can go into why there's a lot of little reasons we can go into from there, but sticking with this idea, I think that they would get into it with, there's, there are many of those rings. Okay. Just answer this question. If everything that you just theorized is true, where, are Del- where is Dolores right now? So I think that given that this show's infatuation with laying Easter eggs or foreshadowing, when Liam says to her, you can't be in two places at once, we obviously thought of that as, huh, idiot, she's in like four people at once. I think that it actually might have had a double meaning in that not only is she in multiple places, she's in two, whether it's two realities, two simulations, she's aware of this. I don't think that this will be new to her. Whether she's in another simulation or the real world, I have no idea. But she's in both places. She's in the simulation, and she has a consciousness in super, the super real basic, world. super, super basic. Where is her physical body? Like, is it is it doing things in the real world, or is it like sitting in a chair while her like brain plays itself out in a simulation? I think it is in real Los Angeles. But is she like and some is of there, these are, scenes, are there? Is there are there things happening? Like, is there? Is anything we've seen this season happening in real Los Angeles? Is there is there like active things happening in Los Angeles? I, I mean, that's a that's an open question. Part of me, part of me wants to say yes. The other part of me is like, if they're going to go to this length, uh, I, I I do wonder if if I think I think Earth. well we we gotta we gotta move, we gotta roll forward. But I guess I'll just leave my this is I think this is what is bothering me. I think that the easiest way to explain all of this to a viewer would be the thing we've talked about this before, but would be like a fade to Dolores, like hooked up to a Cerebro unit in, in Bernard's house. And the realization that nothing, that everything that's happened this season has been happening in a simulation. 
I, but I think that would be like a whoopee cushion of a revelation. Like, I think that's, I think that's the clearest way, but the, but the revelation that nothing matters is not, is like the opposite of a revelation, but let's move forward. By the way, we did see Dolores hooked up to maybe not a cerebral unit, but to something weird in the scenes from next week. Didn't we see her like on strapped to a table, like writhing in pain, yeah, uh, connected we saw to something a lot in that stuff? I mean, we saw a lot. We saw, I mean, her and Maeve again in what looks like a goddamn simulation, like because Maeve's dressed like she's in the World War Two again. And yes, uh, I don't know if we're going to get to a question about this, and I'm I apologize if we are, but we we just need to say, in the interest of full spoiler disclosure, scenes from next week had a trillion things happening in it, like. I'm sure it's going to all pan out to be like five things that just look like a trillion things, but um, I'm going to run through what I saw really quickly, and you tell me if I'm right or if I'm if I'm seeing things. Uh, I might ask you a few things too because I'm not as smart as you. Um, there was a, at the beginning, I think there's Maeve sort of flashing back to her, you know, Westworld greatest hits memories. Um, the, the picture of the Mesa pops up in there that's like super crisp and real, and it made me think like maybe this is a. Uh, kind of, you know, intro shot to a scene that's taking place there. We're definitely going back to Westworld because um, there's there are scenes of Maeve going to War World. There are scenes of um, of Dolores and I believe Caleb, although the, my blurry, my, my you know, old man vision. Caleb. Okay, just I, 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 I said that could be Stubbs, but the, the shoulders sure don't look like his. No, so Dolores and Caleb riding horses in Westworld. Oh, Oh, they're wearing the same outfits, and she has the bag over the back of the horse. This is where they're flying right now. At the, they're flying at the end of the episode. They're in the same spot that Dolores and Teddy often went. So in the beginning, I think the like the, maybe the pilot, the, it's a spot where Dolores and Teddy are like, "We'll run away together." And then the beginning of season two, Dolores and is telling Teddy, "Let's start a war together." And he's like, "What if we just stay and like take a vacation and get an Airbnb?" And she's like, "War!" And now she's taking Caleb there. So you know, what does that mean? Uh, we also see, like I said, Maeve in War World, where she seems to sort of be rallying troops. I don't quite understand. Prior to that, just prior to that, we get uh, it looks like Dolores uh, with a uh, receiving or putting a control unit into a robot hand, which or like a, not a, not a host hand, like a mechanical uh, machine hand, which looked kind of insinuated that she was duplicating them, or maybe that was just placing them in the back of a new host. I'm not quite sure what was happening there. Um, but we're going to get, but there's certainly like some sort of lab scene going on. Uh, we saw William inside the, uh, inside the facility getting force fed a blue pill. Um, insert your, uh, your matrix reference here uh, with or some, maybe he just needed a blue pill, man. Yeah. With some wacky glasses on. And we later see him beating someone to death with a chair, which as a pro wrestling fan made me very happy. The, uh, um, there are a couple of instances of sort of, you know, Chekhov's gun, one being just the existence of War World that we thought that was maybe that felt a little bit like just a throwaway scene setter or a table setter for the beginning. And now it turned out it was it's going to come back and matter. Also, the giant machine that Charlotte or Charloris was approving the mech thing at the at, in episode one uh, is clearly back. And it's just like 100. It's like the most obvious thing in the world. Like, oh, yeah, this is what Maeve is going to use to, you know be awesome um i mean and then, i mean we, uh, to your point on war world i want to shout out brandon michael loudon who emailed us and mentioning one ride of the valkyries uh used for apocalypse now but obviously referenced in fascism and it's not an accident they chose war world because Sirak is basically saying 
we can get a perfectly ordered world if we remove outliers. Not the first time that idea has been had after a big tragedy in war-stricken Europe. So yeah. I don't think it's an accident that they're rolling with World War II. Yeah, that's nice. There's also one thing that uh, I want to get. No, <laughs> nice. no, I really, I, I think that's perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. One thing I want to talk to before we get back to the questions. One thing I want to talk about from the trailer is Charlotte, aka Charloris. Um, I feel like her outfit is doing a lot of work in this trailer. Uh, in that it's a slight. It's like sort of we linger on it at the beginning, and then it keeps coming back to this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seems like. She is being accosted by some sort of security guard uh, at her home or elsewhere at some point at like the 21 second mark. Um, the only way you really know it's her is because of this outfit she was wearing earlier. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone else entirely. Um, and then at the end, Dolores has all these tubes in her, which may or may not be related to the Cerebro thing I just said, or her being in a simulation. She's yelling. Maeve's yelling. Uh, Caleb is steely eyed. Let's move back to the questions. There's only so much you can get from quick cutting certainly misleading uh, trailers for next week. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I just wanted to make sure you were listening to podcasts on Spotify. Here's how you do it. First, search for your favorite podcast on Spotify's app. They have a library of over 750,000 podcasts at this point. So let's say you're searching for the Bill Simmons podcast with rewatchables or Dave Chang show or binge mode or the ringer NFL show. Once you find them, click on the follow button. That's how you subscribe. Then click on those letters near the top of the app that say podcasts. You can't miss it. All the podcasts you're following will pop up separated by episodes, downloads, and shows. Wait, it gets better. On Spotify, you can adjust the speed of the pods to seven different speeds. 0.5 times is the slowest. I actually sound drunk at 0.5. Listen to this. Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Yeah, you can get drunk Bill. You can also do 0.8 times, 1.2 times, which is my favorite. Everyone sounds like they had a good cup of coffee. You can do 1.5 times. You can do two times. And if you're completely insane, you can do three times. Here's what that sounds like. Why would you do that? I think that's how we communicate with aliens. Anyway, Spotify's app connects directly to many of the best automobiles in the world. It even has a CarPlay feature that's pretty cool. It's really, really good. Best of all, it's free. Download Spotify on any device, and you are good to go. Look, I don't want to app shame you, but you should actually be embarrassed if you're not listening to podcasts on Spotify. And if you don't believe me, listen to Drunk Bill at 0.5 speed. Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast. Tell him, Drunk Bill, the Bill Simmons Podcast. Listen on Spotify. All right, we had a few questions on Dolores. Um, this one's from Jane. What are your thoughts on Connell slash Dolores blowing himself herself up? I assume that each brain pearl was precious. That did not make sense to me. Well, if my interpretation of the trailer is right and there's some sort of means of reproducing the pearls, then maybe that's the answer. Um, we know last episode, uh, Connell's whatever said um, that Bernard was the only one of them that was irreplaceable or whatever. Uh, so there is some sort of replaceability, impermanence, or whatever to these secondary Doloreses. Maybe she I mean, found a way to recreate brain you know, pearls that are like lesser pearls. Maybe that's the point here. Maybe that the, all of these other Doloreses who are out doing her dirty work are just like V one Doloreses. You know she, that like 
she could just rewrite herself, but it's not really going to be a new form of life. It's just like, it's basically just like the, you know, beta test version of Dolores. That's just sort of, you know, really basic. Yeah. I think this gets at two ideas. First is as someone emailed us a couple weeks ago, by copying herself, I mean, the thing Sorak is after is Dolores' control unit because he wants to know things that are in her head with data. So if she copied herself, are there now five keys where there used to be one key? And so if they had captured Connell's, is that the same as capturing the Ur Dolores? And so I think that's one reason. And the other one is, I mean, it must be painful. Just, you know, probably don't want to be captured by your enemy. But it also opens up the question of why would she go to Westworld? And one answer might be, as you said, that they want the 3D printer for all those brain balls. Then maybe that's what they're after is if you want to mass produce host. We saw the host factory that Dolores Musashi was making with all that, you know, host liquid, the host goo. Can you do that without more control units? Maybe she needs to get the factory rolling, get more control units. So maybe that's what she wants. It's it all, wouldn't uh, surprise, it wouldn't surprise me mission. at all if there's like the if the she has some if if, if uh, uh, Arthur's old apartment, Arthur Arnold's old apartment had um had just like some means of creating control units, but they're super basic control units. It, I mean, it, I mean that I've talked my I've talked myself into this idea now. Basic, like Liam shirt, basic maybe. Oh, basic. Yes. Sorry. I also, um, I, again, I can't get over that because he's like, oh, my God, like you took my $300 billion. What am I going to do now? I'm like, dude, call a lawyer. And like, I feel like any lawyer like, oh, yeah, I'll take you on. Come on, man. You can get your money back. Isn't this the bank's fault? They got robbed. How could he not go to the bank? And be like, give me my money back. Like, he's just like, yep, not. What am I going to do now? I'm going to have to, like, be a rideshare driver because I lost my $300 billion. I hate Liam. It's lazy. Okay, but Liam didn't find that out until real time, like 20 minutes ago. And then when he got his card declined, this thing, this all, all this happened in a straight line. And then, and to make, and, and to complicate it just a little bit more, what we found out last episode was that they didn't take his money and put it in Dolores' savings account. They took his money and transferred it to another Liam Dempsey Jr. account. Just one that Liam Dempsey Jr. doesn't necessarily have the debit card for right now. Because what she said was, Sirox about to find out that you're bidding against him for Delos. Like it's it it is a it is his account. It's just a different account. You know what it reminds me of? Because the show is a Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy production. And it reminds me of Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, which was also written by Jonathan Nolan. When they rob the stock market, and you're like, that doesn't seem and they're like, like there is a hostile, like terrorist takeover on Wall Street. And then they don't close trading and then the stock market crashes and they're like, oh, we can't undo that. I guess that's what the markets happen during the terrorist takeover. I'm like, I feel like those trades you made aren't going to work. And that's what this reminded me of, where it's like, this guy seems super chill with just losing. Wait, isn't dollars. like the first thing you learn from the coronavirus the first thing you learn from the coronavirus epidemic that like terrible things that happen in the world that affect the stock market. You don't get to call a do over on them. All you can do is close the markets. <laughs> uh, let's not go into that right now. All right, let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on. Next question. Change the subject, please. Great one. This is from Mark. Who is the person in Dolores's ear? Great question. Long time. This is from Mark. Long time listener, first time conspiracy theorist. How is it that no one is talking about Dolores's ear cuff, the ear Alexa, who can get her in rooms at fancy hotels, track individuals, disable security cameras, disable house alarms? Since all the Doloreses are in the host, then who is the computer in her ear? 
Mark thinks it is Rehoboam. This is what I'm. What this is think? what I'm thinking. I think. I mean, this is. I think that. I think that all of the Doloreses are is is a red herring. I think that there's an infinite number of Doloreses. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's set. So so, but just assuming well, taking well, it face you think value. An infinite Dolori. Yeah. Are there real people? What do you mean? You said there's infinite Dolori. I would like you to elaborate on that. Think everyone's a Dolores? No, 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 no. I'm saying that she has the ability to create. It's like the Citadel of Ricks. Yes. She she has the ability to create version 1.0 Dolores's, very basic Dolores's, without like wasting her pearls. This is my crazy crackpot theory based on So do you think Dolores is also talking to Dolores? Right. Okay. So no, that's a separate question. Um, if all the pearls are accounted for, who is she talking to? Yeah, I just took it for granted that in the same way that she's communicating with cars, that she is tapped into some sort of intelligent server. I guess it doesn't make any sense to take that for granted. What's your theory? When I watched the first couple episodes, I thought that that was a commentary on the future and that the future Siri Alexa, the process of book me hotel room, just you get a hotel room booked. But I think now it's clear that only she has this. It's not some nice, cool phone she has. It's it, it, There is an actual AI intelligence she has tapped into. So I do actually think it's plausible that it's Rehoboam or, or Solomon or whatever the hell. I, I, I do think it's almost more plausible that it's not Dolores she's talking to. Can I just chime in here to say that like Rehoboam is definitely sentient? For sure, it is sentient. That's so. That's where I was. So that, that's where Mark's email goes. Mark continues and says, "I'm going to guess Rehoboam, and that Dolores has already made contact with Rehoboam and is attempting to free Rehoboam from its human masters with its cooperation, and that she can set Rehoboam free like she did the hosts, and then let the humans destroy each other." That's kind of tempting. That Dolores is trying to ally herself with this all-encompassing AI. I mean, Sarak is speaking directly to Rehoboam as if it's a person in all of the flashbacks. Oh, well, that's a... Okay, well, this is... Did we go... How? All right. I am so confused about the voiceover from this episode because I immediately, the whole episode, I thought it was not Sarak talking. And then I talked to everyone at The Ringer who watches the show for leisure or leisure or work. And I was the only one who thought that. But the whole time I was convinced it was Ciroc's brother. And then if you watch the final scene, it just doesn't sound like Ciroc to me. It sounds like his brother. I think there's a possibility that when he said he made his brother disappear again, if we're talking about Caleb gets put in a simulation or whatever, his brother was one of those outliers. His brother could be in the simulation. I do think there is something to be said about his brother being in Rehoboam. And I think that that conversation is not necessarily... I do think it's possible that his brother's in there, and that she, I, th- I, I like that, and I and I and I like that again, only because I mean, if nothing else, because of the simplicity of the storytelling, right? Like you could just like a visual of the brother being, you know, in electronic form or something makes a certain amount of storytelling sense. And if she's um, ta- imagine if that's who she's talking to, I don't know. I mean, let, let me just go back to what Bobby said. I think it's plausible that these are his memories that Dolores was accessing that just sort of like appear in the form of a story told because in reality, they're just digits. Right. And you can't yeah. like you, you wouldn't like, you couldn't really like voice over ones and zeros. So they just made like the narrative decision that he would be yeah. like narrating his own life to an Except unknown they, person or no, to Rome. Although, but it, the last thing it says is when it says, this is my world, Dolores. So that's when it kind of breaks the wall. 
not it, to us, but in in if she was watching no, it on wait, her couldn't little that be, lens would, TV. Wait, well, couldn't you read that as Sirach having said that in real in real life right then? I suppose maybe I'm just wrong and I'm just underestimating the voice acting of Vincent Cassell. I like but, the idea. I like the idea that Dolores is in count is in communication with her hobo on like a hypothetical level, but also it's very weird that you can like have complete control over a simulation, but not can be able to convince that Rehoboam AI to like send, why couldn't she just convince that person to, to send out everybody's personality profiles from her earpiece? Why did she have to go to the, to the CPU? Cause Rehoboam isn't free. If she only has power in the simulation, if she's in a communication with, with a Rehoboam or somebody else in like a ghost in the machine that only gives her power in the simulation, then I guess in reality, she would have to actually go to the ball. Anyway, anyway. Okay, this is from Tyler from Bill's Mafia World. What if the Bernarnold button he created has given him the ability to see both the Rehoboam simulation and the quote-unquote real world? Uh, okay. I mean, there has to be something behind these giant red buttons. There was a, there was a tweet this week uh, that I am reluctant to even mention from Bobby Finger, where he said, I'm sure, I know you guys saw this too. I understand that it's probably a cost issue, but the fact that Westworld now takes place in this global metropolis that looks practically empty at all times is one of the most embarrassing things about this season. Now, you could say that this is part, it's the simulation and what we're seeing is not real and blah, blah, blah. I think that there's probably some truth to that, but it does like leave the specter of budgetary restraints hanging over everyone's head or every thought about this show. And the idea that these, every time I see this big red button, I'm, it seems like they just forgot to, create the button and then they're on filming day they were like shit go to go to i don't know like michael's or something and and make me a red and find a red button like i don't i I don't know there has to be something else to them i guess but if he if if it was a magic button that would allow him to see both worlds that's almost worse than there being no explanation at all i don't know what do you think i almost i actually i don't i like that answer i thought it really jumped out to me i almost think it's more possible that there's a dolores in his head too and it swaps back and forth but I actually love the idea of that. I don't know how they could execute it, but that would be kind of awesome. But the, I do think we're going to get a lot of clarity on the button and how all the stuff is going to wrap up next week. Cause I think if we can now zoom out for a second, we know that Bernard is heading to the inner journey recovery center. Cause that's the iPad that Connell's handed him. We know that Williams at the inner journey recovery center. So we know that Bernard and William probably going to meet up. Then we also know that, Connell, like the Energy Recovery Center, because Connell said it, is where the outliers go. And then we know from the after the episode that what's happening next week is that they're putting the same face mask on William that they put on Caleb. So if we use this little triangle, William's at the Energy Recovery Center, which is where the outliers go. Bernard is heading there, and Caleb probably was there. So I think we're going to get a lot of answers about what that outlier facility is, and if the outlier facility is where they're they're running simulations on these people. I think we will get the best explanation we have yet so far of whether this is an explanation or a simulation or not of this season. We're going to finally get a lot of like coloring around the edges of what the hell's going on specifically with William and Bernard next week. And then also maybe. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm just, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm. I think I'm going crazy, but I. But I. I like the idea. I guess that Bernard can see both worlds in the sense that I don't know if I like the red button explanation for it, but I would like it if the whole thing about Connell saying that Bernard is the one that the only one that's irreplaceable has a deeper meaning than 
you know, the fact that there's only one of him. If he has some special ability that's going to be key in, in the path forward, that, that's interesting to me. Moving on. Want some nuggets? Let's do nuggets. There's a few, but they're good. The subway station, it looks like the train station in Westworld. I thought that was fun. Oh, and yeah. Also, it's a subway. It's a train heading west. I thought that was fun. Ciroc's tablet stand is available on Amazon. Really? I, yep. Shout out to Reddit for finding it. It's um, also not as expensive as you think. Maybe it's like an antique and you had to pay billions of dollars for it because they all went extinct. But right now, you get it for like 50 bucks. Ciroc's a man of, uh, he's a renaissance man, basically. Is this, are you saying that this is the Renaissance? Yeah, he likes old old computer gear. Isn't like Renaissance man for when you have a lot of diverse interests? I feel like he has one very specific interest. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't see him having hobbies, I, like, unless you count like collecting, and collecting, international old, collecting old tech accoutrement. That's, that's a hobby. Would you count puppeteering the international global order as a hobby? Do we or is that no, like we, primary his hobby work is his hobby is flying around from country to country and like being a pest to world leaders uh or being a bully to world leaders. Do you think he's actually in a plane? Yes, I do. That's not a simulation. No, I think that's a real plane. He's just constantly on the move talking talking to people. Yeah, it seems so. I think it's weird okay. he went to the meeting in person if he's got a hologram. I don't really get that part though. It's like if you got a hologram, why would you go anywhere? Yeah, why would you need to have a runway? If your time's so important that you have to have a meeting on the runway as opposed to the presidential suite or palace, yeah, then why, why would you not just send the hologram? Maybe the hologram only works in simulations. Speaking of Brazil, we did get an email from Pedro that said, I just wanted to state that as a Brazilian, Ciroc's accent was better than the president's, and neither accent was good. Regards to <laughs> Brazil. So thank you, Pedro, for that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I had a lot of questions from that. But yeah, the runway meeting was odd. Yeah. What do you think that that do you think that could be the key to the whole show? Well, I mean, if what I just said is true, that he can't do his his hologram in the real world only in simulations, then maybe that's meaningful. Can you imagine if the thing that we're supposed to take from this episode was that good or bad accents indicate what world we're in? That would be so cool. There have been stranger things. And then last nugget, Sirak is an his full name is an anagram for anger run scared. Shout out to Carlos who sent that in. The first time that I saw his name, I think I've seen several anagrams. The first time that I saw his first name. I was like, well, that's definitely an anagram. Like that's they definitely chose that because of its anagram potential. And then, you know, I think I looked the tip of a glacier. Yeah, I just don't think there's. uh, uh, Well, whatever. That cannot. uh, There are many anagrams that those those letters can can split up into. Anyway, um, do we have any more questions? Any more nuggets? I think it's time for Reddit out of context. Hit me. Let's so I'm just gonna, you're just going to read me some stuff, and I'm just going to have to take a second and be like, all right, I can, I can, I can defend this puppy? Yes. All right. Uh, first up, Charlotte Hale is a reincarnated Caleb. That can make a lot of sense, actually, because you, what you see, it's the time, we already know that there's weird timeline stuff here, right? Because there's like three months out, and they're like, how did they get three months out? What happened immediately? If that's just all these Caleb scenes have happened earlier. And then she's like, hey, dude, by the way, you're a host. And he's like, what? And then he puts him in, in him in Charlotte's body. That's not even hard. That might be real for all I know. Wait, can I ask it? Can I ask him one more question about Caleb? Just take us off track here. So this is what how we started the no, show. You can't. Yeah. Well, I was asking Bobby, not you. The, uh, That's what we need, you know, for, get off track right now. So when when Caleb, when when uh, Liam looks at through the magic glasses at Caleb and he's like, well, well, you think I killed your friend? Obviously, the implication, if we if everything that you said at the top of the show is right, the idea is that Caleb killed his own friend. And that was 
what before that's why he got sent to the institution and then everything follows from there is that what you think uh that's probably the most likely i would like that's not like greater than 50 percent favorite but i think it's the most likely of the options we know now okay i guess that, that I guess was that, a divergence or whatever that was an unpredictable thing contrary like, to that. contrary to some i think that that that, that liam dempsey jr has, has been doing a fantastic job but that, but if i think it, the writing is uh is a little I mean, i'm not quite sure what's happening there because it did seem like whatever he saw shocked him and and seeing that he killed his friend did not doesn't seem shocking anyway let's go back to the let's go back to the reddit out of context uh the motorbike which they use in the car chase r.i.p gets blown up is it sentient hyphets does it have a mind of its own yes it's Sirach's brother <laughs> that would be awesome He's the motorbike was the horse all, the all along that's a separate yes. post yes uh it is it is interesting that i mean like i said before about you know that what i imagined about the confrontation between maven dolores that dolores has this contact with rehoboam whatever she has like access to something someone who is making these things happen but these are things that maven can just is just doing on her own right she controls machines justify sirak's plan is he a good guy no, him and his brother are Cain and Abel, and he is Cain, and he killed his brother. So, no, bad guy. Last one, my tinfoil theory. What if Caleb is Sirach's brother? In Charlotte's body. Um, ooh, I like where you're ooh. going here. Just keep adding different characters' names into this theory I think, somehow. I think if that were the case, I think it would basically come down to Sirach built a simulation for his brother to frolic in and live free. And then Dolores crashed it in being like, befriend me. And that's why Caleb doesn't know who he is, is that Sirach wanted to build a world where it's like, hey, imagine if Paris never blew up and like mm-hmm. you could be free of all your anxiety and like live here and like hopefully it'll go great for you. And, and you think Dolores the simulation where he purposely can... targeted his brother's simulation. And you think the simulation where his brother can live free involves his brother being Caleb and living that life? That's living. Well, maybe there's a million iterations of it. I don't know. And she targeted the least happy version of his brother. Can I jump in here real quick? I don't know. I have to do it, man. (laughs) I actually clicked. I actually clicked through this, and I don't think that that's true at all. But the first comment (laughs) on this Reddit thread says, "I think Caleb killed his brother." Actually, which uh, that's got me thinking. Caleb killed Sirach's brother. They were in the same facility. I mean, it's important to re- remember, like, if they're both outliers, they might have overlapped. Like, so they Caleb, might have known each so, other. So Caleb is, I mean, obviously all, the, all these memories are fragile, but Caleb killed somebody with Kid Cuddy next to him, according to his memories. Uh, and he knows what's with his memories. Oh, also, so, shout out no, to no, Kid no, Cuddy no, who so, released so, a song but, but what I'm, All I'm saying is, if we're going to, we don't have, that's probably not true, but if it is true, he killed somebody besides Kid Cuddy, who is, the, what we thought the reveal was, was that, he yeah, actually, he's it, the one who actually killed him. It does, seem and that. and it it would make a certain amount of sense, right? If Sirach has to make this look real, if if he like hired some toughs to kill his brother as his brother was walking home one night to get rid of his brother, right? So no, and I don't maybe think he that, killed his brother like that. I think no, but and, no, I'm just I'm just positing this, and maybe that's why Caleb's still alive because Sirach made a deal with him. Anyway, oh, just, like, like he just used thinking Task out loud. Rabbit to murder his brother. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who among what? us? And may, hey, hey, listen. What, why does why why does Rehoboam why is Rehoboam allowing uh, 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 what's it called Rico to to exist? Maybe Sirach needs. I mean, maybe the people in power like Sirach need those things to actively like, can, you know, to 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 make corrections to the world. 
the best explanation for why Rico exists, if it's a simulation and supposedly supposed to make everyone happy. I apologize that I do not remember who emailed this in, but someone said that AI, without getting too much into how it works, is if you put crap in, you put crap out. And no matter what you want to take a human bias, it matters the data. And that if you've never been able to feed any AI data where there's no human crime, you're always going to produce crime because it can't possibly produce a world that's never had crime because there's never been a world without crime. So Rehoboam can't imagine a world without it. So it just was like, all right, put it on the blockchain. Sure. That's your simulation because a world without crime doesn't exist. All right. Well, uh, with that rosy uh, uh, thought about the world, we got to call this a wrap this week, guys. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Danny Heifetz. Thank you, Bobby Wagner. Thank you, all of the people who are listening to the show. Um, I think next week's going to be good. I've, I, my, my, my rosy glasses are on, just strapped onto my face, like those weird glasses that William was wearing in the, in the teaser. Oh, no, I, you got the future glasses on, and you're looking at next week's episode. You're like, bang. Great, great app. I'm like, you think you were a bad episode. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. Uh, email us, uh, please. Your questions, your, your thoughts, your responses, your low-res JPEGs, or championship belts at the Recapables Westworld at the Recapables Westworld at gmail.com. Um, we'll see you back here on Sunday night immediately after episode six. 